I'm Roy Sharples. Welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you seeking inspiration? An industry expert looking for insights or are growing your career? I created the Unknown Origins podcast to provide access to insights and content from creators worldwide with inspirational conversations and storytelling about art, architecture, design, entrepreneurship, fashion, film, music, and pop culture. From opera singer to photographer, Bertie Watson shoots world-class talent in the entertainment industry for the likes of Swarovski, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, Hello Magazine, Empire Magazine, BAFTA, Lacoste, L'Oreal, The Wall Street Journal, Roland Moret, and Watches of Switzerland. Hello and welcome, Bertie. So what inspired and attracted you to photography in the first place? Well, first of all, I was originally an opera singer. So I trained as a singer and a musician since I was five years old and sung in the Queen's Choir of all places in St. James's Palace when I was a little boy. Uh, that was a very interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and continued music throughout until about three years ago. Um, prior to that, I mean, when I was 13 years old, I did get a very cheap Nikon Coolpix camera, which I think was about two megapixels or something. <laughs> uh, and I, I took that around and took pictures of flowers and and uh, images around uh, this Portuguese farm I stayed in for about a week. Uh, but then I parked it for a while and picked it back up uh, for a year when I was an opera singer. So I had, had the opportunity of taking headshots of my friends and that kind of got me back into it. Um, and whilst I was an opera singer, I did, you know, the odd waiting event and, uh, you know, pass rounds, dr- pass round drinks at events and that kind of thing. Um, and there was this event that I was serving drinks at. It was a Paul Smith event. I remember it vividly. And uh, I spotted a photographer and he was taking pictures of these actors I'd seen the night before in a movie. It was Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. <laughs> it's probably much better than waiting tables and uh, serving drinks for people and getting paid not much to do it. And so I, I approached this photographer. His name's James Mason. He's an amazing events photographer. He does all of the high-end stuff like um you know big film premieres yeah sorts and i approached him i said i basically said i'd like to work with you (laughs) if that's possible and we met for a coffee and then about a week later he hired me and um at the time i wasn't really having too much of a good time in the opera world i just wasn't enjoying it anymore and i was looking for an opportunity to pivot and go into something completely different and this was my opportunity and so I kind of seized it and made the most of it and that lasted for about a year and he kind of trained me up and introduced me to this amazing world of high-end fashion events and the like and I was just really lucky that I met him and took the opportunity 
when I could. Good for you by being guided by your instincts to clock an opportunity with a get up and go attitude to seize it. Engaging with and soliciting input from experts and immersing yourself in the domain to to learn your craft on the job through coaching, mentoring and acquiring the essential practical know-how from masters of their craft that helped accelerate you on your journey. And credit to them for embracing and investing in you by providing their wisdom time to to help get you started. I'm a huge believer in seizing the moment, not thinking about things too much and just going for it. (laughs) not being scared to approach someone say hi and without any expectations just see where things can go yeah and that was a great example of how that turned out for the better photography is a visual language that expresses imagination beauty emotions and time as the advertising executive fred r bernard said one look is worth a thousand words. What is it about photography that compelled you? That's a good question. I think it's mainly the people, the people that I get to meet, the stories I get to tell, and also the kind of access that you get that otherwise you wouldn't get. Having a camera on you, it, it kind of acts like a VIP AAA pass <laughs> um, in a lot of places. And I've had a three-year whirlwind of experiences and uh, traveling and having the opportunity to shoot some incredible talent in film and TV. And I think uh, that wouldn't have been possible without a camera. Yeah, And also the amazing people that I've met along the way who, who have helped me get to where I am today. So as I mentioned, um, the photographer James Mason, who trained me for about a year. And then very recently, about two and a half, uh, yeah, two and a half, yeah, two, two years ago probably, yeah. um, I met this amazing photographer. He's called Dan Kennedy. And you should definitely check him out. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, he is a celebrity portrait photographer and he does a mentoring program. So he mentors uh, photographers like me who are just starting out. And uh, it was a accelerator course and it really helped me with the business side of things and uh, you know, getting rid, getting rid of limiting beliefs and all that. And, yeah, I can recommend anyone who's starting photography that they get in touch with him. He's fantastic. What is your creative process in terms of how do you make the invisible visible by dreaming up ideas, developing them into concepts, and then bringing them to actualization? Another really good question, Roy. Uh, It depends, really, because you have two sides of the coin. You've got client work and you've got your own personal project work so a client will usually give you a brief and this can sometimes be very specific or quite loose but nonetheless a client will give you a brief and you have to fulfill that brief and deliver uh, what they ask for Um, and so there's less of a process of dreaming up ideas and developing those into concepts Uh, However, 
as I said, it depends on the client. So it could work both ways, but then you've got kind of project work. So personal projects that you dream up of, you dream up and come to fruition. And uh, those can be super flexible. They can be as big as you want, as small as you want. And uh, the process is never the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, 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 the starting point can happen in many ways. I'll give you an example. Um, I shot a uh, portfolio for the Black British Theatre Awards uh, just before the second lockdown. And this was an idea to, to shine a light on the Black British Theatre Awards, which weren't given such a huge platform before. And we really wanted to push that and publicize these images to promote them. And uh, the idea just came from three friends. Uh, my friend, Aaron Blair, who's an insanely talented singer, actor, writer, dancer. He does everything to an insane standard. I'd definitely recommend people check him out. Um, and also a friend of mine called Emma Osman. And we were just in a pub after doing a shoot together just for fun. And we dreamt this concept up. And without them, I wouldn't have been able to do it, really. <laughs> um, and so we brought together various ideas. And then we came up with this idea of shooting all these amazing actors and singers and dancers in the Shaftesbury Theatre in the West End. And uh, we got in touch with the theatre and they were happy for us to shoot there. And we all did it on a shoestring, uh, a shoestring budget and got it done. And then, you know, we got images uh, publicised in Hello magazine, uh, in GQ, in Gay Times. Like it was, it was absolutely huge. And we actually recouped our costs because of those, image, those images sold to those publications. So... Um, that's just like one, yeah. <laughs> one way. So dreaming up an idea in a pub. Uh, another way was, for example, I was on the coast one day and I was just really inspired by the, the beautiful scenery around me. And I thought, look, it would be beautiful if I could shoot an actor here. I got in touch with an actor I'd met at, a, at an event before at Raindance Film Festival, actually. And his name is Malachi Kirby. He recently won a BAFTA. Yes. Epic. Uh, and yeah, I brought together a mood board and a team and pitched it to him. He seemed to like it. So we went ahead and uh, part of my team was my friend Olga Timofeyeva, who's a long-standing friend and stylist. And I work with her a lot. And we executed it and brought it together. Your ability to manifest stood out there, specifically around how you're able to manifest what's inside you from a feeling and also the things that you observe in your everyday life. And then being able to make connections across those multiple um, touch points, regardless of how abstract they may appear at first. And that creates a spark to your, your imagination, which then becomes an idea. And then developing that idea to then being able to crystallize it into a photographic opportunity and in a project. Another thing that would help photographers like myself 
um, who are very visual is to store a reference file on your computer or in the cloud. And this is a file just full of images that really inspire you. And you can find them on Instagram or you can find them on Trunk Archive. And maybe once or twice a month, I'll go through Instagram or Trunk Archive or just Google and I'll save images that really speak to me. And whenever I'm kind of really lost on inspiration for ideas and all that kind of thing, um, I'll go to my reference file. And that was actually something taught uh, by Dan Kennedy to me. So that was a huge tip he gave me and uh, something that I'd be keen to pass on to any other photographers who are really stuck on ideas. So what are the key skills needed to survive and thrive as a photographer? You definitely need to practice, practice and practice a little more. (laughs) It's important that you have at least a basic technical understanding of your camera and how light works. Um, it, It helps a lot being able to use a camera in your sleep because on jobs, you've got to be quick. You've got to know how to use your tools uh, the other thing is persistence. <laughs> it's really, really big thing. Obviously, there's a fine line between being persistent and being annoying. So you have to kind of skirt that that line. Um, but yeah, just being really persistent and not not giving up when someone hasn't answered one email that you've sent off. Yes, I say that you should email them probably five times before thinking about phoning them or, you know, sending them a letter. Or <laughs> if, if, if you really, if you really want to work with them. Uh, so yeah, persistence is a, is a huge thing. Uh, another thing is approaching people, not being scared to call, even if it's a cold call to email, to go directly to people and just saying, look, hey, I'm here and connecting with them because that can be a really limiting thing. Unless, you know, if you're not going to be in front of the people that are the key decision makers and who are going to hire you, then it's going to be really hard to progress in your business and to get and to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, Another example is... um, is you can actually just go directly to the source. So <laughs> when I was starting out, I wanted some new event clients. And the way I did that was not through Instagram, not through email and not through cold calling. I just dressed up in a suit and carried a briefcase, looked the part and went literally into every shop on Bond street and Regent street. You know, the, the streets yeah. like the nicest shops, the best fashion brands, etc. And I just asked to see the the event manager there. And after doing that for about three days, I I managed to get in touch with one of the event managers at Watches of Switzerland, who are now my best client that I have, um, and who give me a, a lot of work, a lot of commercial work. Um, so it definitely pays to go face to face with people 
And if if you can <laughs> go direct to the source, put on a suit or uh, your best dress, and uh, walk in there with a big smile and a nice handshake, and you know anything can happen. There's two critical skills that really stood out there. One is craftsmanship, and the other is entrepreneurialism. So, with regards to the craftsmanship part, it's about being passionately dedicated to your craft and remaining honest and being trustworthy and responsible by taking pride in everything you do to help you achieve the highest quality levels of professionalism. And that comes, to your point, through the constant practice, the the, the constant honing of your skills and experiences. And entrepreneurialism is about fearlessly leading by being adaptive to, to change, being persistent and resilient by bringing new things to your, your craft and by being independently minded and self-sufficient from start to finish. And that constant hustle that you mentioned there where you rocked up on, on Bond Street and you knocked on every single door until you got a positive answer. Whenever you get a no, it never means a no, Roy. It just means try again in three months. The other thing I, I would say is marketing is super important. The channels I mainly use are Instagram and LinkedIn. And I'd say to people, don't be afraid to be the face of your business yeah. and really share and provide value to the audience that you create on LinkedIn and Instagram. So show how you've done things, answer questions, uh, create Instagram lives, uh, add behind the scenes to your pictures and really show people the process that you've gone through to achieve the, the end result. Because honestly, most people are interested in that rather than the, the final image, funnily enough. So yeah, that, as I was saying, don't be afraid to be the face of your business and definitely start marketing through Instagram and LinkedIn and have someone do your Instagram for you. Have someone grow it for you. Uh, have someone post for you if, if you can or if you want to, because that will offer you more time to focus on your business and reaching out to new clients. Uh, so yeah, freeing up your own time is definitely a priority. So as you reflect upon your career to date, what are the lessons learned in terms of the pitfalls to avoid and the keys to success that you can share with existing, but also aspiring photographers? Yeah, of course. So I'd say the first would be preparation. You can't be too prepared. Look up who you're shooting. Is there someone you can connect with after you've researched where they've grown up, what they've done? Research the brand you're shooting for, but really get an understanding of them and get to the location. If you've got time one day or week before for a recce, know what the weather will be like, have a contingency plan if it might rain. Uh, <laughs> what else? Is there is there heating in the studio? Yeah. Will there be cha- a changing area? How will you create one if there isn't? Uh, where will the light be coming from? Uh, have you sent out a call sheet? All these things, you you just got to be really prepared. 
and uh, that will set you up for a really good shoot day because you'll be able to sleep well at night. Know your craft. Always come prepared with your guns loaded, which oozes confidence and trust. And by putting the groundwork in up front allows you to focus on bringing your A-game to the job at hand on the day. Yeah, you, you, you want your client or the person you're shooting to just seamlessly walk into the studio or on location and we start shooting or we get them a coffee or they've got that amazing soy vegan curry that they really like. <laughs> you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's just the little things that help, you know, rather than you running around like a headless chicken, um, making the talent or the publicist or the client really nervous. <laughs> yes. So yeah, definitely preparation. Um, the second thing I would say is have systems in place. So from all the way from the booking to the shoot to delivery of the images or the content, having systems systems in place. Again, it's, it's all about preparation and creating more of a seamless and stress-free experience for both your clients or whoever you're shooting and, and also yourself, just so you've got peace of mind. Uh, a few programs that I use that are super useful uh, one is Photo Mechanic, and that's a image culling software that allows you to go through super high-res pictures really quickly, um, and you can quickly cull or select uh, various images that you need. The other one is Chronosync, and this is what I use to back up my images this is another thing is super, super, super important for <laughs> anyone to back up their work and not in just one place. So don't just back it up to one hard drive, back it up to two hard drives and back it up to the cloud. And um, yeah, just have at least three places that you've backed up your images to because it's, it's, it's really, it'll save your skin. <laughs> um, so yeah, the second one is Chronosync. Uh, the third one is Pixie, Pixie Set, and I use that for client galleries. So I'll send a gallery of images for the clients to select which image they want, or um, if I include it in a, say, if I'm shooting a wedding, I'll, I'll include that in my package that, that they'll get an online gallery that they can then share to their friends and they can download pictures from. Uh, the other one is Zero, spelt with an X, X-E-R-O. And that's accounting and uh, financial software. So that's uh, software that will connect to your bank account and it will be in the cloud. And uh, if you have an accountant that works with Zero, they can file your tax return from there. You can get real-time data and information of your money coming in and your expenses. So I'd really recommend people uh, having integrated software that links to their bank account and their business. That's super important rather than having loads of paper or Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> like it's just too much of a headache. Um, the other one is Evernote and that's a cloud based storage system for as you guessed it, notes and anything you need to write down or save. It's super useful. 
uh, another, I've got two more things. Don't worry. It's not going to be a huge <laughs> list. Um, I just want to try and provide as much value to people. That's great. Um, the other thing that's really super useful for me is this uh, software system called One Password. And as you guessed it, saves all your password and passwords in one place. So you're not digging around and, you know, wasting time resetting passwords and all that stuff. Um, and the last one is Boomerang. So if you, if you use Gmail, Boomerang is super, super useful. It's great for chasing up clients, uh, chasing up um, if clients haven't paid or if you want to reach out to them, just keeping in touch. That's really useful. You can also schedule out emails. So you can send them really late on a Sunday night and not look like a really bad human being <laughs> um, and have them, you know, land in their inbox in the morning on Monday. Uh, so that's that's all my systems that I have in place. And hopefully that can help people uh, to avoid any pitfalls and, um, you know, create a more seamless uh, delivery from booking to uh, delivery of images. Well, I think that last point you just made there around creating a seamless ex experience. I mean, what you've described there really eloquently is, you know, clearly there's there's the tools around helping automate and optimize your creative process, but also your business process and running the business of, of photography. And so it just seemed you've made it sound so compact and efficient. The other thing as well was, as you were speaking through that, some of your earlier points around how you set up a photography kind of session where, you know, by being professional, by doing your homework, by having things prepared in advance so that when your client arrives, the experience to them is is seamless, and by by creating that experience, it, it makes you come across even more professional, and that you really are um, on top of your your game. And I think when when clients and artists feel that, you get a better performance out of them. And there's a tr you, you used the keyword as well earlier around trust. And when there's a trust there, um, I think that's when you've hit the the, the point of nirvana between the, the artist and the the image maker. Totally. I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's ultimately to do with trust. And without that, there's um, no scope for moving forward. Honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's hardwired into us as human beings. And uh, yeah, that's the most important thing to be able to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, the, I've got a few other things if you'd like to. Yeah, please. Um, so yeah, I've I've got a few other tips. So just be nice and don't stress. <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> but if if you can just be a nice human being and remember that you know we're not curing cancer here. We're actually doing what we love to be doing and getting paid for it. That's an incredible blessing. Uh, just have fun as much as you can. Um, the other thing is create a list of contacts if you can and save it to your Evernote, you know, that which I mentioned before. Uh, create a list of photographers that you know, makeup artists, stylists, retouchers, couriers, producers, all that kind of stuff, so that you've got that at your fingertips in case a client needs a recommendation or you need to uh, pull together a team. 
And the, the other one is help people. <laughs> yeah. It's a really big thing. Help people without expectations. I'm a really big believer in the law of reciprocity and karma. And I believe that it comes back to either bite you <laughs> or to reap rewards, whether it's the week after or a year or 10 years, it doesn't matter. I think just being, as I said, a nice human being and helping people without expectations is a huge thing. Kindness matters. Creating positive reactions which produce new counteractions and so on, which binds the living entity into karma. This creates memories, desires and experiences and ultimately determines how you live your life by your own actions, by being present and in the moment and helping others along the way. Also, if you don't know how to do something, if a client or um, when you're starting out, if a client is asking you to do something and you're not too sure on how to execute it, you can still do that, but get someone else to do it for you and then learn from them so that you know how to do it the next time. So anything's really possible, but just pull in someone who's an expert and you, you'll have to pay them a big part of your fee, but at least then you'll know how to do it for the next time. Um, there's nothing worse than telling a client or uh, whoever you're shooting that you know how to do something and then not delivering. That's probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as I say, get someone else to do it for you and, and learn from them. Uh, the other thing is outsource and delegate as much as you can. You've got to focus on your business as much as possible. Focus on reaching out to new people, forming amazing relations, relationships with uh, clients or prospective clients. And if you can outsource and delegate as much as you can, that will free up the time for your business. Um, so that's another top tip. Um, the other thing is about working for free. So <laughs> this is a really big topic uh, um, amongst creatives and when when starting out it may be necessary but when you're established or you're on your way with a few clients I would really recommend don't work for free <laughs> it, unfortunately you know a credit or a shout out never pays the bills yeah, but it seems that a lot of people think that it does. Thinks that you know they think that um, a shout out or a credit does pay the bills, but it doesn't. Um, unless it's you approaching people and it's your own projects, then know your worth and don't do it for free. Asking for help is always a smart tactic, and that what you are actually doing is surrounding yourself with talented people who will elevate your game and facilitate your development and progress. It also inspires optimism and hope in helping you deal with challenging situations, which improves your ability to, to learn quickly and to build resilience. I also agree about not working for free because people do not value it. When people invest, they commit your other point about knowing your true worth. That's spot on. Only you know your true worth. The key is to be good at what you do, 
Don't compromise your integrity when there is no fair value exchange. The digital revolution has profoundly disrupted the photography industry, where technology has dramatically democratized photography, where everyone is a photographer because the technology has made it easy to be one in a quality, accessible and affordable way. Bertie, what's your vision for the future of photography? That's a great question. I think the main thing is turnarounds will be getting faster and faster and faster. Uh, Not long ago, I was shooting an event on a phone, (laughs) believe it or not. And this content was airdropped to the client in real time. So if that was a year or so ago and I was shooting on a phone, I I can't imagine that things will slow down in the future. So I think the process from booking to to, uh, shooting will kind of remain the same. But from when you've shot the images to when you deliver them to the client is getting faster and faster and faster. Um, Clients are wanting... Their content, their content out there really quickly, and they want more content. It's more, 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 and faster, faster, faster. Really, um, the other thing is, I think we'll we'll start to see a lot more user generated content. So think about TikTok and Instagram Reels. These will probably replace the slick and expensive. Uh, videography that behind the scenes videography that we see on shoots sometimes not that there isn't a place for that I think it's amazing that we can have that still uh, but I think uh, especially from having uh, the pandemic and a recession clients will be looking to save money as much as they can and really engage with their audience and I feel that user-generated content from mobile phones for example um, will be you know, a, a thing that we'll, we'll see a lot more prevalent on shoots. Uh, the other thing is I'm seeing more and more that on a photography shoot, there's, there's video. So they'll have um, a videographer kind of shooting a commercial kind of uh, shot, uh, commercial, as well as doing the photography. So they'll have the photography set up as well as uh, video in one day rather than shooting on separate days. So I think there'll be a lot more, um, there'll be a lot, there'll be a lot more kind of scope in terms of collaboration between videographers and photographers, DOPs, all that kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of my little vision of the future of photography. Uh, I wish I had a crystal ball or an orb or whatever it may be. And I could look into the future, but that's, those are my kind of guesses. The, the other thing is there's a big question mark over NFTs and what they have, um, what their role is for photographers uh, that will be really interesting to see how that pans out and how that develops in the future too. How soon is the future? One thing for sure is the future is unwritten and anything is possible. Do you want to learn more about how to create without frontiers by unleashing your creative power? Then consider getting Creativity Without Frontiers. How to make the invisible visible by lighting the way into the future. 
It's available in print, digital and audio on all relevant book platforms. You have been listening to the Unknown Origins podcast. Please follow, subscribe, rate and review us. For more information, go to unknownorigins.com. Thank you for listening. 